Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right. Good evening, IC Made On. How are you guys doing? Doing great? Well, it's good to be with you guys. It's especially good to have any guests that are with us. We're always so thankful for you. And if this is your first time at IC Maidan, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Adam, and I get the privilege of serving on the incredible team here at IC Maidan. And today, our lead pastor, Pastor Chris, you heard from him earlier, he's given me the opportunity to continue our Running with Giants series. This has been such an awesome series. For those of you who have been here, are you enjoying the last two weeks of this series? It's been good, right? You guys remember last week, Jacob and the, the illustration that Pastor Chris used with the, the hummingbird and the eagle, man, he, he did so much better those those illustrations than I can do. Um, but he's great at that, and I even told him how much I loved it. But, you know, even these last two weeks, the messages have even impacted my life so much. I've even had to change up some things in my personal life, and God's really been stretching me and growing me. So I'm really thankful for this series, and it's our prayer that God would do the same thing in your own life for the rest of this series. Um, so we're really excited about it. But if you are new today, then I just want to give you kind of a short overview of this series. The whole idea behind it, Running with Giants, comes out of the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And in that chapter, it talks all about heroes of our faith, right? All of the ones that came before us, people like Abraham and Isaac. Um, we heard the last two weeks again about Isaiah and Jacob and these people who were giants in, in the faith and who came before us. Um, it talks all about them in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And then it gets to chapter 12, verse 1, and it says this. I think they just had it on the screen. But it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that cloud of witnesses is talking about the heroes of our faith. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So the big idea is if these heroes of the faith are kind of up in heaven watching us, and they're kind of in the stands watching us run the race that God has marked out for us, and what if they, what if they actually stepped down from the stands and and got in the race with us and just ran a lap around the, around the track with us, what would they say? What advice would they give us from their own experiences about how we can run our race well? That's pretty much the big idea behind the, the series. And today, I get to talk about a really cool character named Jonah. Has anybody heard of Jonah before? You guys know who Jonah is? A lot of you may. Some of you may not. That's okay. Um, I'm going to tell you all about Jonah today. Some people, you know, when I was growing up, I used to get these two confused, Jonah and Noah. Does anybody know who Noah was? Is it Noah's Ark or Noah and the Well or Jonah and the Ark? Which one is it, right? We get confused all the time. But this is talking about Jonah. And um, I mentioned Jonah and the Well because when I was growing up or maybe you went to Sunday school, you might have heard this story taught um, as, as Jonah and the whale because he was swallowed by a big fish. The Bible actually just says a big fish. I think, 
I think it just makes sense that it's a whale, but the Bible just says a big fish, so we'll use that today. Um, but anyways, Jonah is an interesting character. There's not a whole lot about him in the Bible except for this one book. Um, there is one other place in the Bible that his name is mentioned in the Old Testament, but other than that, he's not really mentioned. Um, so I wanted to put up on the screen just a few interesting things that I found out about Jonah this week. Um, the first one, Jonah's name actually means dove. Now this one's pretty cool. Dove, it has nothing to do with his story, right? It has nothing to do with uh, the book of Jonah or anything that we know has to do with his life. So I was wondering, like, why did he get the name Dove? You know, why did his parents name him after a bird? Um, so I was reading, and it turns out that this was actually kind of customary. Like, they actually did this in, in that time period. They would name their children after animals, okay? Sounds kind of strange, right? It's like if you were having a baby and, you know, maybe you found out you were having a boy and you were thinking, what should we name him? Maybe I'll name him Kuda, you know? <laughs> Like horse, or maybe you're thinking like, ah, I should name my boy Harimau, you know, like, like a fierce tiger, whatever that animal is. Um, but that's what they would do. They would name their, their children after animals, and for some reason, Jonah got the name Dove, right? Out of all the animals in the animal kingdom, he got a bird, right? I, think, I feel like he got cheated a little bit, but that's okay. That's, that's what he's stuck with, so... That's kind of interesting. Um, Jonah was a prophet from a place called Gath Hefer, and he lived, most people believe, between the 9th and 8th century BC, and he was the son of a man named Amittai. Other than that, there's really not much we know about Jonah except what we read about in the book of Jonah. And so uh, we're going to kind of talk about his story today. And it starts out in Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read it for us. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. Now, I pointed this out in the other service. I think this is interesting. Does anybody else think that this sounds like something out of a Star Wars movie, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that the name Joppa is from Star Wars. I don't know which came first, but I feel like that's in Star Wars. So I thought that was kind of cool um, for all of us Star Wars fans, right? But anyways, it says, He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So the book of Jonah starts out kind of giving Jonah a bad rap, right? Jonah's not looking too good. We're three verses in, and already this prophet is disobeying God. So it's kind of interesting. Um, But anyways, he gets on the boat to run away from God, and somewhere along the way, God sends a storm to disrupt their path. And this boat was like a cargo ship, so they were hauling stuff, and the sailors were terrified, so they began throwing all that stuff overboard, to try to make the boat lighter so that it wouldn't sink or topple over. And Jonah, this whole time, is down in the bottom of the boat sleeping. So the sailors go down to the bottom, they find Jonah, and they wake him up, and they're like, Jonah, what are you doing? We're going to die. You need to get up and pray to your God so that he might save us. But then they get to thinking, and they, they ask Jonah, you know what? Who do you worship? 
What God do you serve? And at, where are you actually from? And what are you doing on this boat? And the interesting thing is Jonah actually just comes clean. He just tells them the truth. He says, listen, guys, honestly, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the one true God, the living God. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. But at this moment, I'm, I'm actually trying to run away from him. That's why I'm on this boat. And more than likely, this whole storm is my fault. So I apologize. Um, that's pretty much what he tells him. And then he tells him, so listen, if you want to live, probably the best thing you could do is just throw me out into the ocean. Just throw me off the, off the boat, right? And the sailors are kind of scared to do that at first because they know about the God of the Hebrews, the God of the, the creator of heaven and earth. So they're kind of scared to throw his prophet out into the ocean to die, right? Um, but it ends up they really don't have a choice. So they decide, okay, we're just going to do it. They throw him off the boat. And something interesting that happens, um, the storm does quit. And the sailors were so shocked and amazed that they actually stopped worshiping their other gods and began worshiping the one true God. So that was kind of cool. That was really interesting. Um, but anyways, Jonah gets thrown off the boat, and that's where the big fish comes. God commands this giant fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah finds himself in the belly of a fish for three days. That's disgusting, right? For three days. And so during the three days, he starts to cry out to God and to repent and all of these things. And the Lord hears him and decides to save his life. So he commands the fish to spit him out onto dry ground. So now Jonah is on dry ground and, and God tells him again, okay, now I want you to go to Nineveh and give them the message that I've given you. Well, this time Jonah obeys so he goes to the city of Nineveh, and he begins to warn the people, and the king hears about it, and even the king believes the message that Jonah is giving him. So he actually calls for the whole city of Nineveh to fast. Now, it's interesting that I discovered this week, I, I don't know why I never knew this, but it actually said that not only did the people fast, but they made the animals fast as well, Right? You guys ever heard of animals fasting? That's a little strange. Um, so basically, they were starving their animals, and they were fasting themselves. But I think because the king was just really serious, right? He's like, listen, it, I don't, if you are alive, we are not eating, you know? Um, so they fasted, and they prayed. The whole city actually uh, repented and turned to God, and God actually withheld his wrath. And decided that he would have mercy on them and not destroy them. Now, this is where Jonah's story gets a little more interesting. Because Jonah had something to say about this. So I'm going to read that in Jonah chapter 4. It says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sin and calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Could you guys say dramatic? He's a little dramatic, right? He's, he's, he's exaggerating a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, just kill me now, Lord. If you're not going to destroy them, just kill me now. That's crazy. But anyways, um, so Jonah, it's, it's strange, his response, right? 
He's upset because God wants to save these people, even though Jonah himself was just saved by the same God. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of strange when you think about it. But So anyways, Jonah gets mad at God, and he doesn't agree with what God's doing. And he decides, I'm going to go outside the city, and I'm going to find a place on the beach, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to wait until God destroys this city, because that's what I want to see happen. So he goes, he gets in a seat on the beach, and something interesting happens. God wants to teach Jonah a lesson. So God commands this vine to grow up out of the ground where Jonah is. And it actually grows so large that it covers him and gives him shade. Now Jonah's really enjoying himself, right? He's got a nice spot on the beach. He's got an umbrella. He's got a nice view to watch the city be completely annihilated. This is like his dream, right? Well, then the next day, God commands a worm to come and eat the vine that grew the day before. So the worm eats the entire vine, and now Jonah's upset again. And he gets angry because God actually then sent this scorching heat, it says, in this wind that came. And it actually, like, burned Jonah's head. Like, I'm pretty sure he just got sunburned, right? And he was upset about it. And he's, he's, he even, he says the same thing he said earlier. He's like, fine, if I can't even have shade, just kill me now, Lord. Just let me die, right? And so he's so upset about this little plant. And then God speaks to him. And he says, Jonah, listen, you are so concerned about this plant that you didn't grow. Like, you didn't create the plant. You didn't cause the plant to die. But yet you're so concerned about it. And yet here you are angry with me because I'm concerned about a people that I did create and whether or not they live or die. So it's kind of an interesting story. And it actually ends there. That is the story of Jonah. Um, So it's only four chapters long. If you haven't read it, you've heard it now, but you should go back and read it yourself because it is a good story. However, how does this help us? How does the story of Jonah help us? Because honestly, The book of Jonah has nothing good to say about Jonah, right? It just tells us how terrible he was, actually. He kept making bad decisions. And so one of the interesting things, though, that I think can kind of change our perspective and help us learn some of the things that God wants to teach us through this story is this. First of all, everything in the story, every character, right, the 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 storm that God sent to derail the ship, the sailors that were on the boat, the fish that swallowed Jonah, the king, the Ninevites, the vine that God commanded to grow, and even the worm that God sent. Every single character in this story obeys God the first time. Every single character, every single thing obeys God the first time, except for one, and who is that? Jonah. Everything in this story obeys God the first time except Jonah. But who did Jonah or who did God call to be his prophet? Jonah. God called the one person who he knew would disobey him. He called the person who would disobey him. And I think that that is so interesting. It says a lot about our God. So what would Jonah tell us? from this experience? What would he have to teach us if he were to come down out of the stands and run a lap with us in our race? What would he say to us? Well, the first thing I think Jonah would tell us is that our God is a God of second chances. 
Our God is a God of second chances. In fact, look at what it says in Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. It says, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. That is so awesome. He spoke to Jonah a second time and said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Now, this is important. Not only did God give Jonah a second chance at life, right? He, he gave Jonah a second chance at life. He, he commanded the, the great big fish to spit him out onto dry land. He saved his life. So he gave him a second chance at life, but now he's given him a second chance at his purpose, a second chance at his purpose. You know, in our own lives sometimes, we feel like we have made too many mistakes, right? We've gone too far. We've wasted too much time not doing what God's called us to do. And it's easy to think that now, because we've wasted this time, there's no way for us to do all that God has called us to do, right? But that's not true at all. When God gave a second chance to Noah, he gave him a second chance to live but he also gave him a second chance to fulfill his purpose. And so I think that God can do the same thing in our life. He can give us a second chance to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he has for us. But why? That's the big question. Why does God give us a second chance? It couldn't be because we deserve it, right? We don't necessarily deserve a second chance over and over and over again. So why? Well, I think that there's uh, three things that I want to point out about why God gives us a second chance. And the first one is this. God gives us a second chance because we need it. We need it. Listen, there's not one person in this room this evening who could say, I have gotten it right my entire life. I have never made a mistake. I've never made a wrong decision. I've never turned away from God. I've never done something he didn't want me to do, right? None of us could say that, not one person, every single one of us. That alone tells us that we need a second chance. Listen, if you want to look at a list of people who have done things far worse than you that God gave second chances to, you don't have to look anywhere else except the Bible. The Bible is full of people who are broken, full of people who continually make mistakes, big mistakes. In fact, many of you probably know who Moses was. Moses was the man who God chose to lead an entire nation out of Egypt to redeem them. But before God chose Moses to do that, Moses was a murderer. He was a murderer. But still God chose him to accomplish his purpose. And that's just one example. But the the Bible is full of people, full of stories where God would constantly choose these people who were broken and who made these, these, these mistakes and did things that God absolutely hates, but God still chose to give them a second chance because they needed it. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, we cannot run far enough, disobey long enough, or do anything wrong enough that God does not want us back. Man, that's so good. There's nothing we can do that would make God not want to give us a second chance, and we absolutely need it. Listen, if God doesn't give us a second chance, we're all doomed. There's no hope for us, right? 
Unless God gives us a second chance, there's no way we can do what he's called us to do. If we didn't need a second chance today, we did yesterday. And if we don't today, we will tomorrow, right? We need a second chance. And so I believe God gives us a second chance. The second reason I think he does this is because he knows that others need it. God gives us a second chance because others need it. In the story of Jonah, God did not give Jonah a second chance just for Jonah to spend it on himself, right? God gave Jonah a second chance because he wanted to give Nineveh a second chance. He did something for Jonah so that Jonah would do something for others, right? And it's the same thing in our life. God never gives us a second chance just for ourselves, just so we can spend it on, our, on ourselves and what we want to do with it. But God gives us a second chance because he wants us to offer that second chance to others. In fact, at IC Maidon, we have four vision points, and they're actually on the back wall. I love that. I, actually, I think I say that every time I preach, but it's so cool. Um, our first one is know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and then make a difference. And that one, that last one, make a difference, that's really what I'm talking about. We always tell people, listen, we want you to go on this journey where, where you discover who God is, where you find freedom from the things that are holding you back. We want you to discover your purpose, and then we want you to make a difference. And how do we do that? We do that by helping others discover the same thing we did. We make a difference in the lives of people by helping them along the same journey that we've been on. We help them to know God. We help them find freedom, discover their purpose, and then we even help them make a difference in the lives of others. And really, that's how we reach our city. That's how we reach the nation, and ultimately, that's how we reach this, this entire world, is by making a difference in the lives of people around us. So God gives us a second chance because others need it. The third reason, and this one, this one is probably my favorite, um, the third reason God gives us a second chance is is just because he is good. He's a good God. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. And then in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, it says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. God is a good God. In fact, God not only knows that we need a second chance, but he loves to give us second chances. I want you to know that. God actually enjoys and takes pleasure in giving you a second chance. He cannot wait to get you in all of your broken pieces and all of the things that you've done and put your life back together so that you can do what he's called you to do. He absolutely loves that. He would rather do nothing more than to give you a second chance at your life and at the purpose he's called you for because he's a good God and he loves us so much. So God knows we need a second chance. Uh, why? Because we need it. Others need it, and because he is a good God. I love this story of Jonah. I love it. I love it not because 
it talks about how great of a man Jonah was, right? In fact, it's the opposite. It, it actually says, it actually shows us how human Jonah was and, and all of the bad things that he did and the wrong motives that he had, right? But I love the story of Jonah because it actually shows us how good our God is. That's what the book of Jonah does for us. It shows us, and actually, it shows us how we can relate to Jonah. Listen, there's times in our life when we act the same way that Jonah acts. We struggle with some of the same things that Jonah struggled with, right? But it doesn't focus on how bad Jonah is. It focuses on how good our God is, and that's why I love the story of Jonah. Today, maybe you need a second chance. Maybe you're in a situation right now where, where you know and you realize, I, I really need a second chance. And so I would, I would just want to ask, what would Jonah tell us to do? What would he tell us to do, those of us who need a second chance? I think Jonah would tell us to do exactly what he did. The first thing Jonah did when he needed a second chance was he remembered the Lord. He remembered the Lord. In fact, look at what it says in Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. As I was in the belly of this big fish for three days and it looked like there was no hope for my life, what did I do? I remembered the Lord. What do you think that he remembered about God? What is it that you think that Jonah had to remind himself of about God? I believe Jonah had to remind himself about how good his God is. I think Jonah had to remind himself of how faithful and how full of mercy and compassion his God is. I think when he's, he's there in the, big, in the belly of the big fish, I think he had, to, he had to realize, you know what, I might be in a terrible situation it feels like that there's no hope, but I remember all of the things God has done in my life. I remember, I remember God's word and how he is full of love and compassion for me. I remember how good God is. Sometimes we need to remember the Lord in our own life. I think if we find ourselves in need of a second chance, I think one of the first things we should do is remember how good God is. You know, there's times in my life when I really, I mess up big time. And sometimes when I do that, sometimes I think to myself, in the back of my mind, I think, is this, is this my last chance? Is this the point where God's mercy runs out on me? Have I gone too far? Is he done being patient with me? Is this the moment when he gives up on me? The answer is always no. The answer is always no. It's no because it says in his word that his mercy is brand new every single morning. That it never ends. That he's full of love and faithfulness for you. The answer is always no. So when I'm in that situation, I'm in, the, I'm in a place where I feel like I'm in the in the belly of a big fish, and I feel like there's no hope for my life. I've gone too far. I've messed up too much. 
I have to remind myself of how good God is and how much he loves us and how much he loves giving us a second chance. The second thing that Jonah did that I think he would encourage us to do was he committed himself to the Lord. He committed himself to the Lord. This is what it says in Jonah chapter 2 verse 9. It says, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. This is the end of his prayer while he's sitting in the belly of the big fish. He says, Lord, if you will get me out of this situation, I will praise you with sacrifices and songs of praise. I will fulfill my vows. God, I'll do what you call me to do. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. In other words, apart from God, there is no hope for my life. So, Lord, I promise, I promise, if you'll get me out of this situation, if you'll give me a second chance, Lord, I will do what you've called me to do. I will fulfill my vows to you. A couple of weeks ago, I was invited to come speak to our Bold and Brave, our teens group. And if you are a teen in here or you are uh, a parent with teens, I just want to encourage you to... Let your kids check out Bold and Brave. It's every single Friday night at 7 p.m. Um, I even was hearing testimonies this past week of how awesome it was and how much the kids are really enjoying it. And I think that your teens would really love to be there. But, but anyways, two weeks ago, they had me come speak to the teens, and the topic that they chose for me was commitment. And so one of the things that we decided at Bold and Brave about commitment was that commitment is doing what you said you would long after the mood you set it in has left, right? In other words, commitment is doing and keeping your promise even when you don't feel like keeping it anymore. I can remember when I was a kid, I would, I would lose something, right? And it was really, maybe it was really important to me, like my favorite toy or you know, whatever it was, something that I just cherished so much. And I remember I would lose something like that, and I would be so upset, and I'd be running around the house praying to the Lord, God, please let me find my toy. God, I promise, if you, if you let me find my toy this one time, God, I promise I'll read my Bible every single day, right? God, please, if you just let me find it this one time, I will go to church. I won't complain about it. I'll enjoy it right? God, please, just this one time. And I can remember I would find it, and I'd be so excited. I'd be like, yes, praise the Lord Jesus. I found my toy. And then I'd just forget all about what I told God <laughs> earlier, you know? I would do that as a kid. I, I'm, I, honestly, I, I've even done it after that for other reasons. And in fact, I think some of us still do that, right? Some of us still do that. We get into a situation you know, just like Jonah, he's in, the, he's in the belly of a big fish. There's no hope. He's facing the consequences of his actions. And sometimes we get in that kind of situation, and we see the consequences, and, and we feel like there's no hope, and we cry out to God, and we say, just like, just like Jonah did, God, if you'll get me out of this situation, I promise I'll do what you call me to do. God, if you get me out of this situation, I promise I'll be a better person, Right? And if we're not careful, sometimes, sometimes God does what we ask and then we forget about him. We forget the promise that we made to him. But that's not what Jonah did. Jonah prayed the prayer 
But then he actually committed. He actually committed. So when he got his second chance and the big fish spit him out onto dry land and God gave him a second chance and say, hey, now go do what I've called you to do. Jonah said, yes, I'm going to do what you called me to do. I'm going to go. And he went. He went and he warned the people. So I think that Jonah, if he could run a lap with us today, I think, I think he would tell us to do two things. Number one, I think he would tell us that we need to remember the Lord. And number two, that we need to follow through on our commitments. We need to be fully committed to him. I'm going to ask a member of the band to come play for a moment because I, I want us to uh, pray together. And I want to pray over every single person in this room because you know what? I believe that at some point in our life, every single one of us need a second chance. Like I said earlier, you may, you may say to yourself, well, I don't need a second chance today, but, but you did yesterday, right? And if you don't need a second chance today, you will tomorrow, <laughs> right? Every single person needs a second chance. Every single person needs another shot. And I think if Jonah could get down out of the stands and run a lap with us, and I think if we, you know, because every now and then we're going to trip up, we're going to fall, we're going to make mistakes, the temptation is to stay down, right? Oh, I, I've wasted too much time, you know, I tripped up, I fell, I, I can't finish the race now, I can't, I can't win the race because, because I've messed up too much, there's no more time left. I think Jonah would get down there on the ground with us, and he would encourage us and say, hey, listen, don't forget about the God that you serve. Don't forget about how good God is. Don't forget that he loves you and he wants to give you a second chance. Don't forget the reason you're running this race to begin with. And I think he would encourage us to get up and to commit and to follow through and to finish the race that God has called us to, to run. In fact, I think that our attitude should be you know what? No matter what, no matter what, I'm going to be committed to the Lord. No matter what, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it takes to conquer that sin. I don't care what it takes to follow through on my commitment. I don't care what gets in my way. I don't care if I have to, I, I don't care if it costs me a relationship, if it costs me a good opportunity. I don't care what it takes. I'm gonna do everything I can to stay fully committed to God and to do everything that he's called me to do. It doesn't matter if I mess up. I, I, might, I might get up, run, trip, get up, run, trip. That's okay. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep moving forward. I'm not gonna quit. That should be our attitude. I'm going to ask every person, if you would, to stand with me this evening. And I would just want to take a moment and pray for anybody here today who is really relating to this message. And maybe you're saying, yes, today I need a second chance. I need a second chance. I've messed up. I've crossed the line. I've, I've run from God. I've, I've done things that God told me not to do, and I haven't done things God told me to do. If you're here this evening and you need a second chance, I just want you to raise your hand with me so that I can pray for you. Lord, thank you, Father, so much for every single person in this room, God, that is saying, today I need a second chance. And Lord, I'm thankful for the rest of us, Lord, who will need a second chance tomorrow. 
God, I pray, I pray, Lord, that we would be reminded of how awesome you are, of how good you are, Father. Lord, I pray that we would continue to remind ourselves throughout the week, Lord, in those moments when we trip up and we cross the line and we go too far, God, I pray that we wouldn't stay down, Lord. I pray that we wouldn't get discouraged, Lord, but that we would remind ourselves of who God really is, Lord, that we would remind ourselves that he is waiting to give us a second chance. And God, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says that we can do nothing apart from you. So Holy Spirit, we need your help. If we're going to be a people who are fully committed to you, God, we need your help. So Jesus, I pray that you would fill every single person with your Holy Spirit and that you would enable us. God, that you would encourage us. God, that you would inspire us to be people who are fully committed to you, who would say no matter what, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes to do what God's called me to do, to run the race that he's called me to run. Lord, we're so thankful for your word this evening. We're so thankful, God, for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, I pray that you'd bless your people. Lord, we give you all the credit, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.